Well, we are in our second week of a series we've simply called White Space. And white space is a graphics term, which is just this area of, on, a, on a canvas or, or a, a piece of paper that's left purposely, purposefully unused so that what's placed in there can stand out. So that what matters most isn't in, get taken over by clutter. That's not what life is supposed to be about. And the truth is, is life can easily get cluttered up with lots of important things that then can crowd out the stuff that really matters. We honestly have, in our society, we have more available to us than we could possibly fully take advantage of. So that means we have to make decisions constantly on what's really needful, on what's really important. And we tend to push those things straight to the edge. Psalms 127, verse 1 and 2 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. It's not saying unless the Lord builds the house and nothing happens. The laborers are laboring. People are working. Stuff's trying to happen. But unless God's involved, man, you're just working and you're spinning your wheels and getting nowhere. Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stands guard in vain. He does his best and somehow the enemy still gets in and steals and, and, and takes advantage of the weak spots. He's trying, but he's not invited the work of God into that work. It says, in vain you rise early and you stay up late. It said, I'm not lazy. I get up. I work extra. I get up early. I stay up late. But somehow, somehow toiling for food. But he grants, he, they forget that he grants sleep to those he loves. God gives this opportunity for rest. He does. We don't have to go full tilt all the time and put things at the stressing place because guess what? Things snap. And we see it over and over and over again. And I wish I could say, get a part of a church and you won't push things to the stressing point. But guess what? It has nothing to do with that. It has us as individuals. We have to stay submitted to the work of God. And then He'll keep us. He'll give us that rest. He'll tell us to back off. Take a little break. I've got this thing. Otherwise, we'll push it too close. Back when I was a youth pastor years and years ago, we were having a big day, and I wanted to do this dramatic, illustrated sermon thing. And so when I had this guy, and I wanted to communicate this concept that we needed a hero, and that Jesus was the hero, so I wanted, I thought, how awesome to fly over the heads of 130 youth crammed in this deal to fly in this guy who was this pathetic hero to come in to accentuate our real superhero, Jesus. So, man, I had the sermon all prepped. I had everything ready. I had my guy who, who was, who was going to be my, my superhero, and I, got him, I made him a, a sad-looking superhero outfit, this homemade sad-looking deal, and we rigged up a zip line from the back of the building to the front of the building, for him to fly in over everybody's heads. I just thought it was brilliant. I was like, and initially he was going to come in and, and with his, you know, like on a regular zip line, kind of like 007 style. And uh, I thought, man, no, no, we want to take this to the next level. And I want him to actually Superman it. I want him to come in. 
So I had this all in my mind. It worked out perfectly in my head. And I had this harness system for, for this guy, Daniel Westland, to be in my harness and for him to fly in. And he'd start out on top of the foyer, and he would jump off the foyer and fly in. And then we'd have this little rigging thing where he would swing out, and he'd, it'd be awesome. And I didn't want it. I wanted to keep the illusion good. And so I, got, I went to Lowe's, and I found some aircraft cable. Well, if anybody knows Daniel Westland, he's about this much taller than me. But back then, he weighed about 40 pounds less than me. And so he was this thin, tall guy. And uh, so I found this a- aircraft cable that had a, a, a tensile strength, that had a weight that it would support like 90 pounds. So I was going to put 90 pounds and 90 pounds. I can do math, 180 pounds. He weighed less than 180 pounds. No problem. Had one of them holding up at the front, one holding him at the back. Nice even distribution of weight. No problem. Perfect math. So he'd be able to slide in and use the smallest little aircraft cable I possibly could. Well, I forgot about the concepts of momentum. And that there's a multiplying factor, is there not, Mr. Physics? And that as he would jump off of this, that it would add a little bit of extra strength. Well, I weighed a little less than I do now. I was closer to the 180 mark. And, of course, we know for, the, for lawsuit's sake, if it can hold 90, it can hold 120. You know, they, they always rate it a little. You know, they don't say what it'll actually do. So he goes up and he gets ready to do his thing. And he's all chicken about it. Like, who, who wouldn't be? So he kind of, he comes off of there and he barely slides off of this edge. And it's all sad looking. And he ends up, honestly, he ends up in a knot. His, his, the harness that, at the front and the back come together, and he's just tied in a knot like this, and he's hanging in the middle of the youth room. And I have to go get a ladder and get him down. And I'm like, dude, you're doing this all wrong. Quit being a chicken about this and just launch yourself out there. And I said, I'm going to show you. So I harnessed up, and I clipped in and clipped in, and I said, this is how you do it, Dan. And I went, whoosh. And jumped. And in front of me hit the end of that cable. And I surpassed its strength. I was running a little too close in the margins. And it snaps. Pow. And thank the Lord that it pendulum swings. And I'm heading straight head down to concrete floor. And it thankfully, as I'm doing, as I'm going, it snaps as I swing up. And I go from looking down at the floor, the next thing I know, I'm looking up at the ceiling and swung over this way and pop, and I end up flat on my back. Well, the problem is, this whole time, my wife was telling me this was a stupid idea. I was like, babe, this is going to be awesome. Well, she's out getting other stuff, and I land flat on my back, and Dan Westland thinks I died. So he's freaking out. He's coming over here to, like, resuscitate me. And I'm just moaning, laying on the ground. And finally, I, he gets me up, and we had a bunch of old couches. And I sit on the old couch, and Cutie comes in. And I'm like, do not tell her. Do not tell her what happened. And so she walks in, and Dan has no poker face at all. And he's just like. And the wives are going, what happened? And well, he spills his guts. He could never be a secret agent or nothing like that. 
and he just spilled his guts, and Cutie chewed me out, and it was just, it was just miserable. But the problem, the problem wasn't really the, the brilliance of the idea. The problem was running too tight of margins, trying to take it right there to the edge. And, man, it could just be all the more better if we could just run it right to that edge, that razor-thin edge, and everything will be okay, and it will be so much better. Why do we like to push things too far? Men, why do we like to push things too far? We did it when we were kids. How fast can we get going down the hill on our bike? We did it on everything. Why do we push it too far? We need some breathing room. We need some white space in every area of our lives. And if God is really in the process of building it, he's going to give us that grace room. He's going to give us that breathing room. And we really need it. And guys, we do this so much. In the area of our calendars. And we will fill every stinking second of the time. And you and I, we have to make room. Making room for what really matters means making time for what really matters. I so appreciate I'm part of a, of a, of a coaching network uh, that, that coaches senior pastors. And at the beginning of the year, the, the guy who's the, the lead coach on this thing said, All right, we're going to get you ready for the year. Okay, get your calendar ready. We're getting your ministry calendar ready. Says, all right, get my ministry calendar ready. My 2014's empty. That's the end of last year. Says, all right, first thing I want you to do is I want you to put your vacation on the calendar. What? And anything before the whole, anything with the church, put your vacation on the calendar. Said, because guess what? Ministry will eat up every minute of it, and then you won't get a vacation. You'll squeeze it in someplace, put it on there. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Said, all right, next calendar item for your ministry, for your church. Go through and every week put a date night on your calendar with you and your spouse. Before you schedule your home groups, before you schedule your India special events, before you schedule kids' camps, before you schedule anything, put a date night on your calendar. The truth is, is those things that really matter, we have to make time. For those things that really matter. I thank God that I had people speaking in my life years and years ago. Telling me, Brandon, you have to make time for your wife. I'll always come back to that Cosby episode. And you know which one it is. Where Theo is in fighting with his, with his girlfriend. And Dr. Huxtable teaches him this old remedy. And he puts all this... this stuff in his hands and the oil and the raisins and and puts him on there and he shoves his face in it and he says now with your face in all of this i want you to repeat after me you're going to say the magic words and he's like all right daddy i'm ready i'm ready i will pay more attention to my woman there it is make time for what really matters we have to be willing to do it because we if we get into something like like watching the olympics i watch i'm a bad american i'm a horrible american i watched the olympics for the first time last night and it wasn't by choice i was at somebody else's house and they had the olympics on and so i'm not anti the olympics don't look at me like that i just haven't watched any and so they're doing the downhill skiing, the super G last night as they're doing all this stuff. And these people are looking to shave one hundredths of a second off. I mean, these guys are the best of the best, and they are just 
Absolutely. And the whole point for them to try to get a little bit more out is for them to get as close, go as fast as they can, and get as close as they can to those gates without actually having the gate take them out. Get as close as I can without it actually wrecking me. And so many times in life, that's what we want to do. Man, I, I could go a little more and it won't wreck me. I've done this before. I've added this to my life and I can do a little more and it won't wreck me. I can squeeze a little more out and all of a sudden it's wrecked. We're like, oh, what happened? We have to pay attention. We have to pay attention. Thank you for the extra sound effects. You know what? It may work for you to win a gold at the Olympics, but it does not work. It just flat doesn't work in life. We have to understand Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. For everything. And with that in mind, I want us to now, I want us to look at 1 Corinthians 3 as we look at this. Because we understand that we are saved by grace through faith and that alone. Okay? But we are choosers thereafter and we are making decisions and we are building in our lives. Okay? And these have eternal consequences. Now let's look at this. Okay? The foundation is Jesus. Let's jump into verse 11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid. That is Jesus Christ. We're building on Jesus. Okay? Here. Understand that. As we look at the rest of this, we're building on Jesus. Okay? We're not talking to people who are away from God or people who are jacked up in the world. People who are clueless to what the beautiful gift that Jesus is. These are people who understand who Jesus is and they're building on Jesus, okay? Which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation, Jesus, using gold, silver, costly stones. That's some good stuff. Some good building materials. That's some stuff that has some value. That's some stuff that really matters. That's some stuff that really lasts. Or wood, hay, or straw. Mm-mm. Their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, with a capital D, will bring it to light when we stand before God. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. What's each person's work here? This is the fa- what they've built, the life they've built on the foundation of who Jesus is. There's some good stuff in there, and there can be some, some junk. Just go along and just pulling in junk, making junk decisions. But we're, 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 we're still believers here. It says, if it has been built, and if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. And if it is burned up, If it's burned up, it's gone. There was nothing. There was no gold. There was no silver. There was no costly stones. Let's look at this. Sounds like, oh, man, that person, that that person just got the grease pole to hell right there. Nope. No, they didn't. If it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, yet will be saved, even even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Don't you know that the Holy Spirit is there and he is guiding you in your decisions and he is guiding you on the things you do and he is pointing you towards gold, silver, and precious stone and you've got the latitude to choose wood, hay, and straw. You have the latitude. But what do we want to choose? 
we want to choose. Gold, silver, precious stone, the stuff that really, really matters. So if we're going to do something with our time, let's build moments that matter. Let's look every day to say, God, I want some awesome moments that matter today. Maybe if you're putting there and you can even turn your toothbrush time into some moments that matter. If all of a sudden you're doing it with a and you're 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 worshiping and it just sounds crazy because your toothbrush is moving, but you're just worshiping. You can turn that into a moment that matters. It's not always these other things that are obvious to others, but we can be conscious of our time and the choices we're making and create these moments that matter. And if for moments, we're going to look at moments that matter, we're going to have to understand this, that relationships are what matter most. So we must make time for relationships. You cannot have a relationship if you never relate. And relate is an active thing. You connect you talk you there's some give and take there's some communication there's some shared experience and you cannot have a relationship if you don't ever take time to do that relationships are what matters most matthew 22 verse 37 jesus replied love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind we talk about this all the time this is the first and the greatest commandment your relationship with god love him you know he didn't say serve him Make him look, go out and make him look good. He said, love him. Love him. We love God, the rest of that's going to fall in line. You can go out and try to serve God with a cold, dead heart and then accomplish nothing. But if we'll love him, all the rest of that's going to fall in line. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets. Everything that's ever been asked of us hangs on these two things. Love God and love others. Love God and love others. That's it. If we're going to create moments that matter, it's going to be about investing into relationships. People are the only thing that's on this planet right now that's going to go to heaven. Souls are the only thing. That's it fanciest church buildings on this place gone someday fanciest things you can possibly have gone someday the most important thing are people and that's why we have to make time for that that's why we're pushing these small groups that's why we have this launch because are you making time because in the marriage class because your marriage matters yes but it's also because hanging out with those other people matter. Is it, is it you making time for the financial peace class, which starts today, if you want to get involved in one, because what you do with your money matters, it does. But also because those relationships and connecting with those other people, that matters too. All of those different things focus on it. The parenting group focusing on, on kids, using our, the power of our words on, on how we deal with each other. The, the Holy Spirit class on our relationship with God. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. How does that, that all comes into play in how we deal with each other? It's all about relationships. 
We cannot forget that time, time is a love language. My wife's number one and number two love languages, she's a gift giver. I'm, today, I'm evidence of that. Got my Valentine shirt, my Valentine jeans, my Valentine watch. Hey, I'm looking good today because of my wife. Thank you, baby. But she was excited about giving those to me. That's part of her love language. And she knows I know that. So I can give her some gifts and all that kind of stuff. And as we've gotten further in our relationship, her number two love language is quality time. And with me, that's the number one. Best gift I can give her, take an afternoon off and just hang out with her. Why? Because time matters. It matters. So as we look at this, let's just quickly look at some of these things. We want to make time for God every day. If that relationship is the number one relationship, all other things flow out of that. All other relationships, even your relationship with your spouse flows out of your relationship with God. You want to get things squared away with your spouse, you get things squared away with God. And I'm telling you, everything else will come in line. I'm just telling you it will. It will. So make time for God every day. Think of it like talking to your best friend. I'm not talking about religious obligation. You better pray because you're to be a good Christian. You got to do that. No, I'm talking about that thing with your best friend. That you don't, you don't have to spend time with them. You want to spend time with them. And cultivate that. Let that grow on the inside of you. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives within you? It's the very last piece of that thing on what we do with our lives, building with gold, silver, precious stone, or wood, hay, or straw. The Holy Spirit is in there guiding us for every decision, everything we make. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says pray continually. Like, how do I do that? I'm supposed to have a job and mow the grass and do all the different stuff. You know how to do this. You know how to do this. My wife does it all the time. You just move it to the prayer thing like you do with your text message. So many of y'all, y'all have ongoing text messages right now. Some of you are texting each other right now in church. Look at you. I know you're doing it. And so, but you have this ongoing thing, and it's not the only thing you're doing. My wife has multiple ongoing text messages with multiple people, and it's not the only thing she's doing, but it's a part of everything she does. It's just true. So praying continually doesn't mean that it's the only thing you're doing, but it's a part of everything that you do. And we incorporate that in. Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Watchful for opportunities. Watchful to be opportunities to love on people. Watchful because the enemy wants to come in and undo what God's, what God's trying to get done. And being thankful. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Philippians 4.6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in, in everything. It's a big word. Includes everything. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So we're going to make time for God. We're going to make time for family. Make time for family. Have a regular date night. Have a regular time together. Maybe it's a lunch. 
Maybe it's a breakfast. Maybe whatever. Figure it out. Get creative. But keep those things alive and meaningful. And that when you look at your calendar, your calendar speaks to what's important. Mark 10, 13 through 16 says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. Here is this mom and dad bringing their little ones to Jesus. This this family connective. Now the disciples got sideways and they were messed up and the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he got indignant. How would you like to have Jesus be indignant with you? Indignant is not a word I normally connect with Jesus. But people, somebody getting in the way of a family worshiping together ticked Jesus off. That's what that means. We don't want to get in the way of families worshiping together. It's important. It's vital. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom kingdom like a child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And then we also need to make time for others. But I've put these in order for a reason. Make time for God, make time for your family, and make time for others. And I've seen it where people had got so outreach-minded that they asked their family to make way too many sacrifices. Man, daddy or mama, they're out ministering and they're with these other people and it's for, it's for God and you just need to understand it. Sometimes that's necessary. But if the, if the family's always taking the back seat to others, something's out of whack. It's just the truth. You make time for God, you make time for your family, and you make time for others. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. That means people who aren't believers yet. There's only two kinds of people. God's children and the ones he wants to be his children. That's it. Then we got to be wise to those who aren't in yet. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace. Seasoned with salt. So that you may know how to answer everyone. I love the way the New King James puts it. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. Redeeming the time. Taking back its full value. Redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace. Man, I tell you what. If we would just deal with people who are away from God like this. We would begin to see see lives changed in an amazing way. Let your speech be with grace. Seasoned with salt. That you may know how you ought to answer each one. See, as we seek to truly know God and trust Him, as we seek to truly know God and trust Him, then our lives will align around the things that matter most. They will. We take God out of the picture and our lives start coming apart. They get out of alignment and everything gets out of whack. But we get things back in the, with the heart of God. Everything else will begin to align right. And our time will begin to shift. And the Lord begins to build the house. And it's not in vain. It's really making a difference. And God gives us rest and grants sleep to those he loves. And we're like, wow, God, how do you make more happen? 
without me having to be at my wit's end. I've always felt like I had to push, 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 push to get anything to happen. He gives us rest. He loves us, and he gives us rest. We let him build it. This morning, I want to create an opportunity because this starts, starting gate on this starts in understanding that God loves you, that he sent his son, Jesus, to die in your place so that his death could cover your death and now his life can be your life. And if you want to receive that today, we're going to take an opportunity. So I'd appreciate it if you would bow your heads and create a quiet moment. And if that's you this morning, whether in here or in T9, and you say, Brandon, I want that. I want to say yes.